Hi, I'm Georgina Hudson from GeorginaHudson.net. This podcast has been created to support you in your path of self-awareness and well-being and to draw a roadmap together to align mind and heart. Today's topic is how to rekindle sex in committed and long-lasting relationships. What a fabulous topic. For more information about what I do and about me, you can visit my website on GeorginaHudson.net or my Instagram account, GeorginaHudson.coach. Hello, hello. What's up, people? How are you today? We are very excited. I'm with my husband here because uh, this week's podcast is dedicated to all the messages that we've received asking us to talk about sex in committed, available, and long-term relationships. Both my husband and I, um, my husband is here, as I mentioned, have experienced and heard about this topic a thousand times from friends, colleagues, and in my case, clients. Before we continue, welcome, Luciano. I think you've earned hello, your place hello, here. Hello, hello, hello. Thank <laughs> you. It's an absolute pleasure to be sharing this space with you all again. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so for starters, in today's conversation, I was thinking that a committed relationship where both people know each other well, where, where there is familiarity, where there is expected routine and shared experiences, all of that throughout a significant time together seems to be paradoxical with having an erotic relationship where novelty, the unknown, and adventure prevail. Uh, I don't know. Don't, don't you have the same feeling? Yeah, it seems like, like a paradox, you know, like extreme things, mm -hmm. the opposite things. When you think about getting to know each other uh, well, and, and then you think about uh, novelty, intrigue, the unknown, it is like things that are opposite. I was thinking about the beginning of a relationship. Mm -hmm. When you don't know the other person, that, that is like the, the very clear example of what yeah. we are talking about. At that moment, there is a huge attraction. It is the urge to be together. Mm -hmm. it, it is so strong, that feeling. You know? mm -hmm. and, and then it is like natural to be all the time trying to find the time and place for sex. It is like a, a priority. Mm -hmm. I want to have you here now. And then I'm thinking about a couple with children, several years together, facing challenges and, and stress together every day, just like, like you and I, you know? yeah. <laughs> like many of the people that are listening to us right now. And what comes to mind is a different kind of connection. You know, it is a connection that's strong and yet may lack those moments of passion from the beginning stage. Yeah, and, and thank you for sharing all that, Luciano, because we can unveil several layers from what you have just said. Because on the one hand, during the infatuation stage, we usually experience so many butterflies in the stomach, so many... Um, hormonal changes and, and there is so much excitement and when I was talking about hormonal changes it's because testosterone and estrogen are so high that it's natural for sexual desire to be high as well so it's like we want to take out uh, the other person's clothes and merge with their bodies and have sex and then you know as time goes by and we get to know each other and settle down as a couple 
we start seeing and accepting each other for what we are and we build a strong and stable foundation. So what is natural is for the emotional connection to prevail over the sexual one. And I guess the invitation is to integrate the stability and security that comes from a deep emotional connection with the surprise, the mystery and eroticism inherent in a sexual connection. So you're talking about emotional connection and sexual connection. Yeah. What would be the, the characteristics of one another? You know, for, for those who are listening, Georgina has studied this topic ex extensively. She has taken courses on sexuality, sec sacred sexuality. Uh, she's an expert in transpersonal psychology, mindfulness. Mm -hmm. All these uh, studies can provide us with the framework and tools to experience our intimacy to the fullest, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, and let's see if you can help me organize all that knowledge you've mentioned. Thank you for mentioning it. So we can share it with our listeners. So you asked me about the traits of a deep committed relationship and those of a sexual connection. And the first thing that comes to mind is that in the former, we emphasize certainty, familiarity, and the sense of security that come along being committed. In the later, we nourish surprise mystery and eroticism and the invitation is to blend certainty with adventure the light with the shadows the moving bed and going out on a date alone like when we were dating or going to the cinema you know again um and what you just said is very interesting to me because at the beginning we seek the space and the time to have that intimacy so And this is a question for you. How can we intentionally seek those spaces as time goes by? Yeah, I believe that if we live at full speed on autopilot and typically reserve sex for late at night, there will be probably no energy left. It's highly likely that there will be no desire or drive to engage in anything mm -hmm. at all, you know. Mm -hmm. That's why it is so important to talk about this topic and to agree on how to live our shared sexuality by design and not by default. I like that. Yeah, I, I feel that the, the type of communication opens up a space to listen to what each person needs and to what will nourish intimacy in the relationship. Yeah. You know, following the topics that we have discussed in our recent podcasts, I think one of those great myths is that solid, long-lasting couples don't usually enjoy good sex. That is another myth. Mm -hmm. Or that it's boring or routine or less frequent, the matter of frequency, oh, wow. which yes. is so concerning for many, many people. So mm -hmm. every couple is unique, of course, but the chances of talking, opening up, sharing one's feelings and so on are much higher in a stable relationship. Yeah, undoubtedly. And it's true, when one doesn't have a commitment to the other person, that sexual energy is most likely to fade away after a while, which then will drive us to move on to another relationship. It's like a loop until the passion drops again and then we need to find another person to feel the butterflies in the belly again and again and again. So we need to pause there and to redefine stable relationships with having good sex or, or with having nice sex or whatever. We need to, this is what I wanted to say, we need to 
redefine some ideas. So what does good sex mean? Because this is highly subjective. And is scheduled sex really boring? Or can it be sassy? Is there a right sexual frequency? And I am saying right like in between, uh, between inverted commas because I don't believe in right or wrong. And what I do believe in is in demystifying the, the couple sex as something grand, spontaneous, and recurrent. Uh, because if we drop all those musts and all those shoots and haptures, we're going to be freed from a lot of anxiety. Yes, you're right. So it can be also much fun or, or a fun twist to, to plan sex for a specific day, you know, at yeah. a specific place or mm -hmm. home or elsewhere yeah. in a way that both partners like and agree on. So just give me a minute and I'm opening my agenda now. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but it was really funny. And it's true. It's true. What's wrong with, you know, planning when you want to have sex somewhere? It's fabulous. As long as, you know, you are having fun with it with your husband or with your partner. And I also think we need to ditch the concept of between inverted commas, good frequency. First of all, what's good and what's bad, right? But this is a big burden on everybody's shoulders. And I'm not referring to doing away with sex or leaving it as the last priority. No, not at all. But whether it's once or twice a week or a month or whatever, it doesn't matter as long as that moment of intimacy is sincere it is mindful and attending to our partner's desires and happiness and vice versa so it's yeah, beautiful yeah, that's true that's true Be being able to pause to take care of ourselves individually or as a couple mm -hmm. and to carve out time to be intimate from the heart amidst the routine and pressures it is very important yeah and It occurs to me that we don't necessarily have to always have sex, you know. Okay. We can also share a highly satisfying sensual moment. Oh, know? we're coming to that in a moment because I'm interested in what you have to say about that. But yes, absolutely. And the issue you've just raised about self-care is crucial. In fact, routine and life uh, can be so demanding And that can impact our well-being so, so badly. So if we are tired, overwhelmed, stressed, or, or deflated, so to speak, there won't be much longing for sex because our bodies will be asking for something else. Having spaces uh, for conscious self-care at all levels, and I mean, you know, mind, spirit, emotions, and body, like, you know, exercising, meditating, good nutrition, and hobbies, can improve our vitality and well-being. And all that in turn, we have a positive impact on our sexuality because we are going to feel better. And now I'm coming to what I told you I was going to ask you. I'm interested in what you mentioned about sensuality. What were you thinking about well, when you mentioned that a moment ago? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, smaller gestures, you know, than uh, it is more about smaller gestures mm -hmm. than big ones. Cooking together with music that both enjoy, giving each other massage, uh, candlelit dinner, dressing up to go out, mm. you know, messages during the day, or sharing a secret code, even even look, you know, like a secret look when no one else is looking, then then it happens. And 
small gestures. That's beautiful. And, and I think that's exactly it, you know. And that emotional intimacy and complicity that you were mentioning in your examples enhance trust and also open vulnerable moments. And all that will facilitate more satisfying sexual experiences when we have them. So the quality time that we spend together will build a solid foundation where emotional and sexual connections come together. So um, you mentioned before mindfulness. How is mindfulness? How come mindfulness is connected to sexuality? <laughs> Because I'm an electrical engineer, you know? <laughs> so I, everything to me is formulas and Excel and, and stuff. So please, could you please explain the, the relationship between mindfulness and sexuality, sensuality? Yeah. Yeah, I don't mean meditating uh, side by side, but mindfulness can contribute a lot. The more we practice mindfulness, both individually and as a couple, which is really interesting, the more we can cultivate awareness of the present moment and the sensory experiences that we have. Mindfulness invites us to be present in the here and the now, slowing down and savoring the present moment through all our senses. And in sexuality, for example, we can become more porous when the other person touches us, more attentive to the sensations that arise and more immersed in the experience. And, and to be honest, mindfulness can increase sensitivity and deepen connection in every sense or at all levels during sex. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not a caveman, so although I don't practice mindfulness meditation... Well, you have practiced mindfulness meditation. Well, yes, a bit. <laughs> yes, I tried, and I tried. Uh, but I, I have similar moments, you know, with, with music, for example. Uh, I, I'm, I feel lucky that I felt flow in my previous years, and now when I played the ukulele, I, I, I used to play in a band also, mm -hmm. so... I, I know what flows mean. In, it is not something that I read in a book. So that that state, yeah. if anyone could have felt that, that state is the same with sexuality. If you are in the moment, you are fully in the moment with mm -hmm. all your senses. And and that is the, the analogy, to take flow into this intimacy moment. Yeah, like to transfer the characteristics of a flow state. And just in case for the listeners, uh, for the people who are listening to us right now, we have a podcast about flow states where time seems to suspend because we are in such a creative mode and we are enjoying what we are doing so, so much that time and space seem to disappear. Um, so, Luciano, could you... Uh, tell us a little bit about how you could transfer flow to this intimate connection. Yeah, it feels like being completely present in the moment. As we mentioned before, it is connecting at, at a deeper level mm -hmm. and integrating um, mind, body, spirit. You are full in, you know, it involves gazing, gazing at each other's side, mm -hmm. engaging all the senses, creating a space to make love, you know. Create yeah. the moment, be there. Mm, I love that. I love that. I loved what you said about uh, doing uh, this, carving out the time by design and not by default. Luciano, could you please summarize what we've discussed in this first part 
and give us a preview of the second part, please. Yeah, the second part will be more vulnerable and personal as we will share our, our own experiences mm -hmm. with the difficulties we have faced oh, re yeah. regarding this. Mm -hmm. And we are talking about everything, the mm -hmm. challenges, the fears, the, the doubts, and how we have surfed uh, that wave which at times seemed more like a tsunami. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now we, we're laughing, but we certainly went through a lot together. So uh, today we have discussed, uh, number one, differences between an intimate relationship and an erotic relationship and the importance of integrating both in a stable relationship. Exactly. Number two, the importance of seeking moments and spaces to intentionally live our sexuality, especially when we are caught up in, in the business of life and on autopilot. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, number three, while every couple is unique, it's worth highlighting that the chances of talking, opening up, showing oneself, sharing, and so on, are much higher in a committed relationship. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we debunked the idea that sex in a stable relationship is boring or that it declines. Exactly. Yeah? Uh, number four, the importance of taking care of ourselves. Oh, yeah. Taking care of ourselves at all levels to have more uh, vitality and energy, you know, mind and body. Well, okay, let's not forget about the body part exactly. of the thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as it will have a positive impact on our sexuality. Exactly. Yeah? Number five, small gestures. How key small gestures are to ignite sensuality and eroticism in a couple. Right. And finally, we talked about the role of mindfulness. Number six, mindfulness, experiencing sex while being fully present. Yeah, thank you so much for, you know, drawing this roadmap for us. And for all the listeners out there, I hope you enjoyed this podcast, which is, remember, the first part of two about sex in a stable committed relationship and the next part will be more personal as Luciano said so stay tuned for it because we're going to be very honest we are certainly not gurus here we want to be honest and if you know someone who could benefit from this podcast please forward this to them and invite them to subscribe because this is the easiest way to help one another we also appreciate your feedback which we always read as you can see here and also your evaluation on any of the platforms you are listening to us thank you and a big hug from both of us <laughs>